Welcome back to the Tati Goes On podcast. Today's episode is going to be about something that we really don't talk about very much unless it's in secret with our girlfriends or on Google with the internet. So we're going to talk about female orgasms. And I, I was a little hesitant to make this episode because I think it crosses the line of me being entirely too comfortable on the internet. But you know what? It is something that I like to talk about. And I do feel like we don't really talk about it that much. And this is my attempt at sharing some knowledge and some of the things that I have learned. Um, So in this episode, I'll be talking about the anatomy of an orgasm, the difference in um, how women have orgasms and my experiences with them. Now, this is going to be a very, um, inevitably, I'm going to make some mistakes on this because gender is kind of a social construct. And so I didn't really know how to phrase it because I don't have the experience of being transgender or being um, someone who is fluid So this is going to be a perspective from me, a cisgender woman, and all that. If you have anything to teach me about something of your experience, I would be so glad to hear it. Um, But again, since I don't have that experience, this whole podcast is going to be from my point of view. And I hope that even if you are not um, a woman with a vagina that you learn something from here. And again, I'm open to learning. So so yeah, without further ado, the episode. Hi, y'all. So I thought today we could talk about female orgasm. And so let's talk about female orgasm. Um... I wanted to talk about this because I feel like the way that we learn about female orgasms is to kind of stumble in the dark with our eyes closed and at the same time trying to throw a dart at a target, a very, very small and very finicky target. And it's basically a trial and error kind of thing. And maybe something you talk about with your girlfriends and maybe not. Or maybe something you talk about with your parents, which is weird, but I don't know. I guess the alternative would be not knowing and then so many women not being able to have orgasms. So or being ashamed of orgasms or feeling guilty about orgasms or not feeling like they can request an orgasm and not feeling entitled to one. Because the way that a lot of straight people will define sex is you know two people insertion and then when the man has an orgasm then it is over uh, whether or not the woman has one um obviously there are exceptions to that but a lot of people still do it that way and I think that's because we just don't talk about it very much maybe we're ashamed to talk about it or like who do you talk to about this stuff um Yeah, so I thought that I would give some of my experience because it has been a journey, but I feel like I'm in a good place right now where I am finally getting the orgasms that I wanted. 
and I thought I'd share the secret, which isn't really a secret, more of like hard work. But yeah, so um, first off, let's start with the different types of orgasms. And um, as hopefully you know, most women do not orgasm from penetration. They can. Uh, most women will orgasm from clitoral stimulation. And so that is two right now, penetration and clitoral stimulation. Stimulation. Um, but there are actually a couple of different orgasms. You can have um, what I discovered one day in my garage as I was doing L-sits, corgasm, which is when you are doing core work and usually when you're doing leg lifts or anything like that, and it gives you an orgasm. And so that's because of how the transverse abdominals kind of attach to and relate to the pelvic floor. And so, yeah, you can Google that. It's it's very interesting, very intense and horrible and wonderful at the same time because you do have to do some intense core work to get it. But yeah, if you're a multitasker and you feel like, you know what, I would like to work on my abs and also really enjoy it, then Google Corgasm. There's lots of forums and threads and reddits on, on that. But so we have penetration, clitoral stimulation, there's a corgasm, and then there are various other kind of orgasms. Um, you can have an orgasm from nipple stimulation. Some people are able to do that. Um, you can have an orgasm from any other part of your body being stimulated. Um, I wonderfully discovered that I could have an orgasm just from stimulation on my neck and that has been just a beautiful thing that, yeah, it's just a completely different way to do it. So um, I guess if there's a body part that you're sensitive on, you can probably have an orgasm from the right amount of stimulation in the right way. And so the types and ways that you can orgasm are pretty much endless, depending on who you are and how you want to explore. The problem is that a lot of times, because we are kind of in a patriarchal society and a male-dominated society, um, at least when it comes to sex, right? Because even porn, which I have, a, I'll probably do another episode on how much I hate porn, but porn is all from the perspective of male gratification. And so not only do men think that that is the only sexual experience that you can have, but women also start to wonder if maybe there's something wrong with them or even how to how to get to the point where you have an orgasm like that and most of the time we're taught or at least I was maybe this was just my ignorance but I kind of thought that the only way that you can have an orgasm was from penetration and and that's it and I mean it's still fun but I don't know about you but you know there's more to it than that if you want it to be but how do you figure that out you talk to your girlfriends about it maybe but how do they figure it out you know unless you have like one friend who just kind of knows a lot about this stuff your friend group is kind of just there floating around not having good orgasms until I don't know they they finally get comfortable with themselves or they hear someone else talk about it or they listen to an interesting podcast from their yoga teacher and friend. The point is, 
there are so many different ways to have orgasms and there are so many different levels to how you get to those ways. So um, one book that I thought was exceptional and a turning point in the way that I orgasm was a book called Woman's Anatomy of Arousal. And it looks completely cheesy. It's got like a flower on top and it says the secret map to buried pleasure. It's it looks corny and not something I would have um, picked up if my teacher had not recommended it in my prenatal teacher training. Sherry Winston is the author of that. Um, And yeah, she spoke so highly of it. And we did learn so much about the pelvic floor and about the biological need for orgasm in, in a reproductive way. Because orgasm isn't just shits and giggles. It actually does serve a biological purpose. When a person with a uterus has an orgasm, it spasms. That's like this, um, if you've ever had an orgasm while you're pregnant, you feel because your uterus is so much more enlarged, you feel the actual contractions of your uterus. And so what that does is it actually brings the sperm up closer towards the egg. And so orgasm does serve a biological purpose. So if you're trying to get pregnant, just remember, an orgasm is your friend. But yeah, so we were recommended this book because of the because of the anatomy of women and how that correlated to prenatal training and how that allowed us to have a better understanding of the pelvic floor and about the anatomy of a vagina and a vulva and all that of the uterus and all that stuff. And so I read this book and it completely changed how I understood um, not only the anatomy of arousal, which is the name of the book, but also the mental aspect and the energetic aspect. So in this book, it kind of talks about how um, people are yin and yang. Um, And yin energy, which is usually female energy, but again, I'm not going into different gender roles because I don't know very much about that um, in terms of sexual, um, sexual stuff. So again, this is just my perspective as a cis woman. So please don't come at me in the comments about how I'm not, um, I I don't know very much about this or that wasn't very, um, diverse. I totally know that, but this is the only thing I can talk about anyway. So yin energy is if you take yin yoga, you understand, um, it's slow to warm. It starts, it starts, um, as my dog humps, hey, hey, stop humping that, stop it. She's listening, I guess. Um, so yin energy is slow to boil. It's like, if you think about like, um, a water pot boiling, it takes a really long time to kind of get to the point of a rolling boil, where it's just yang, where, where as yang energy is like a roaring fire, it just kind of starts. And so, where a man, and again, a man can just be ready to go, like see a boob or see a pair of legs or whatever, or see whatever it is that turns them on and be like, yep, I could totally have sex right now. A woman, not always, but more often than not, especially in order to have an orgasm, has to have more than just physical stimulation it goes into your brain it goes into going slow I always say you have to warm up the car in winter before you get it going and so a yin energy is 
is that way. And so a lot of us are, well, thinking, well, my partner is is ready to go. Why does it take me so much longer? And that's because that's the way it's supposed to work for um, people with vulvas and vaginas and uteruses. Uteri? Whatever. Uterus. A uterus. Um, if you know the plural for that, please let me know. Uh, yeah. And so one of the main components that we're already kind of not starting in and with is the fact that it takes us a lot longer to get to a place where we can even have an orgasm. Um, and our anatomy is made that way. So when we are aroused, like a penis can usually just get erect, you know, I mean, again, this is just from a very privileged point of view. Um, it just needs a little blood flow, a little heart pumping, a little bit of something to get that there, and bam, it is erect. Um, but the vagina and the vulva and the clitoris take a lot longer. So, and I didn't know this, and you can Google image it, but a clitoris is so much more than just that lil or medium size or whatever size your clitoris is at the top of your labia it is it kind of extends into like little bulbs they're called the vestibular bulbs and the vestibular bulbs are almost they almost look like a like a handlebar mustache and the clitoris is i guess the the what is it called the little indentation in between your nostrils and so with blood flow going to that part of a woman's anatomy, they kind of um, p uh, plump up, I guess. And so that almost creates like a ring around the vaginal opening, which not only stimulates um, whatever is entering it, um, but also it allows for more stimulation, not directly on the clitoris, but around it. And since it's all connected, it kind of feeds, um, feeds sensation to the clitoris without having it be direct on it. And so it's yin for reason. The anatomy is such that it requires a buildup so that orgasm is achieved so that we can reproduce as a species. Um, and that's, it depends, right? Some days it's having a conversation. Some days it's doing whatever turns you on or having sexting throughout the day with your partner or, you know, whatever it is that makes you, gets you in the mood. And the thing with yin energy is that as soon as that is broken, it, you have to start all over again. So you can be like almost to the point where you're like, yeah, you know what? I could totally have sex or I am close to orgasm. But then all it takes is one thing to divert that attention and energy. And then you have to start almost from the beginning, depending on how long the break or interruption was. Unless you're like, yeah, anyway. Um, so the break and interruption then you have to start almost back at the beginning. Some people do even have to start back at the beginning. So, you know, we beat ourselves up because someone with a penis is ready to go and they don't need very much. They're young and they can be interrupted and then just come right back to where they were. And again, these are generalizations, but um, it's so much more different with uh, a woman. And so already we're starting at kind of like a deficit of knowledge and, and then we begin to feel, and this is all from my perspective, but 
you feel guilty because you're like, oh, man, why is it taking me so long just to like get in the mood or just to like have an orgasm? Like you almost feel like something's wrong with you. Like I love my partner. Well, I love my partner, but I'm I'm obviously into this because I'm choosing to do it. But at the same time, I'm like, Ugh, so much work. But that's because we give ourselves this like, I don't know. It's like, oh, man, the mountain is big instead of being like, hell, yeah, the top of that mountain is an orgasm. I'm going to do this. Right. If we have the right mindset, then we can get, either get close to the mountain or figure out a new path up the mountain. And it's so worth it, you guys. The mountain, the view at the mountaintop is awesome. Um, and then once we get in our heads about, oh, man, this is definitely taking too long or um, what is wrong with me, then it's even harder to get to that place. It's like all of a sudden you add on a 50 pound pack and you're like, well, I can still get up the mountain, but man, it's so much harder this way. Um, and so not only do people that are, you know, people with the vagina and the anatomy um, already have, I don't want to say a disadvantage because it's not a disadvantage. It's, it makes things way more powerful. But according to this society, it feels like a burden. And so releasing releasing the shackles that bind you uh, is kind of an already a big step in the right direction knowing your anatomy is another really big step in that direction knowing what turns you on what type of orgasmer you are um having someone that you feel comfortable enough to really explore and that you don't feel guilty about taking time someone that values your pleasure as much as their pleasure and vice versa um and and even then it can be so subjective so for me this is kind of a I'm really big into like women's health and women's empowerment and for me that started here with the fact that I no longer wanted to place the the burden on myself that my pleasure was too difficult or took too long. I wanted to be empowered and enjoy things and and feel really good about sex because when it feels like you are not getting what you want or when it feels like what you want is too much to ask, then you eventually end up not wanting to have sex because it ends up being a chore. Because it's, it's like you just can't get to the top of the mountain. You're like, man, I've kind of up this fucking mountain and just been close to the top and then had to start back over and that is frustrating and eventually you're just like meh I don't really want to go up this mountain today I'm not even going to see the top what's the point right and so then that ends up being kind of an issue with with your sex life and it is important to have orgasms not just for reproduction you could not be wanting to reproduce and that that would be fine but certain chemicals get released into your bloodstream from orgasm they are chemicals of attachment and chemicals of joy and they are what keeps you almost connected to your partner right obviously so does like a long uh, there are many other things but this really helps it's kind of like have you ever seen someone that like 
you're like, why are they with that person? And then if you ask them, it's like, oh, well, I know they have this and 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 this wrong with them. But we just have like such a good sexual connection because people will stay in shitty relationships if the sex is good and you know someone like that. Maybe you have been that person. We're like, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to get sex like this again. And so it is important. It is, it feels like it, it isn't and it. Maybe it shouldn't be. But when we deny ourselves this one fundamental human thing as wanting pleasure from sex, and if we allow this to kind of snowball in our minds, it is a big breakdown in a relationship. People get resentful. People feel angry. People feel disconnected. And so orgasm is great in and of itself. It's amazing, right? Who doesn't love to orgasm? But it does serve a bigger purpose. And so not only are you feeling guilty over orgasms and whatever, but then your relationship starts to falter and all because you didn't want to warm up the car a little bit, right? So yeah, orgasms are really important. They they make you happy. <laughs> um, they're good for your body. So they're good for your relationship. How to have an orgasm. Um, read this book, Woman's Anatomy of Arousal. Again, Sherry Winston. It's awesome. Amazon it right now. Download it on your Kindle. Whatever it is you have to do, read it. I also love that they have um, like a whole page dedicated to the different types of vulvas because... I mean, you see your vulva, and maybe you see a couple other vulvas, and then you see porn vulvas, which are sculpted that way, and, you know, they, they have labiaplasties and all that stuff. So there are very few situations where you would be looking at a bunch of different vulvas um, unless you are, you know into having sex with other vulvas. And so, at least for me, I didn't... I didn't know. I mean, I like my vulva, but it would be, I'm one of the lucky people, I guess. But most people feel like there's something wrong with them. And so I really like this, um, this whole section dedicated to just like the different types of vulvas. That was really beautiful to me. Um, just seeing the diversity in that and color and shape and, all, and size. And it's just, women are beautiful. And so, yeah, get the book. But something that the book doesn't mention is your breath and correlation with your orgasm. So I had read this book and my orgasms were, were great. And then I realized, I don't know when I realized it was just like a click in my brain that the breathing diaphragm co-contracts with your pelvic floor. And so when you take a deep breath in and your diaphragm pushes down, it puts pressure on your pelvic floor and when you breathe out, it releases pressure from your pelvic floor. It's kind of like a balloon um, in a tube. And so your breath can completely alter your orgasm. And so I know a lot of us will hold your breath, you know, holding your breath because something feels good. Or, you know, we do the same thing when something doesn't feel good. We do... <gasps> You know, you just kind of hold that breath in. But in actuality, what's going to be most, 
um, helpful for you to have a better, more intense orgasm is to take deep, steady breaths. And this is a game changer, you guys. This is a game changer. You sound a little bit like you're um, Darth Vader, but once your partner is in on what you're doing, it's kind of like a, oh, I'm on the right track because this person is breathing heavy and steady. Um, and it becomes kind of like a little, oh, treat. Yay. I'm doing a good job. I'm a good, I'm a good boy. Um, or woman or whatever, um, or non-binary person. Um, so take deep breaths. If that is all you get from this podcast episode, take deep breaths, fill up your lungs. It is glorious. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Just the importance of orgasms. A lot of times we feel like we just don't deserve them or it's too much trouble, but it isn't. It serves so many purposes. And even if it didn't serve any of those purposes, you still deserve to have pleasure. I know a lot of times pleasure is seen as bad. You can't have too much chocolate or you'll get fat. You can't indulge too much in this or you'll go to hell. But it doesn't always have to be that way. We can just enjoy things and want those things and not have it be bad or evil or something dirty. Whether or not you're having orgasms with other people or whether you're having them by yourself, which I completely recommend because how are you going to know what to ask for if you don't know what that is? And I'll say a little side anecdote here. For the longest time, I just wanted my partner to guess what I wanted. And that is hard because what you want changes every other day depending on what, you know, how tired you are, um, how aroused you are, the part of your cycle you're in. Because at least for me, um, the two weeks directly after menstruation, I am... I, my sex drive is high. And then two weeks after that, I'm tired. I don't want to have sex. I just want to chill, you know, maybe once a week on those, on those, uh, if at all on those weeks. And so like if you're, it makes a difference. And he was just trying to guess at what I wanted and I wouldn't tell him, you know, well, you should just know, but like, no, why don't you know? I was getting angry because my partner wasn't guessing at what I didn't know and expecting them and putting the, 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 this time it would be a burden, putting the burden on him for me to climax because I didn't want to explore or know myself or I don't know what it was. I still don't know. Maybe it was just like this ingrained thing that we swallow up and think is real, but it isn't. So explore know what you want your partner will thank you you will thank you it's not up to someone else to guess that is that is so taking away your own power it's so disempowering because then you have to rely on someone else for for pleasure as opposed to having them and yourself be able to give you pleasure and you deserve it we all deserve it it's good for you I believe I read somewhere, and maybe I'll just believe this anyway, even if I didn't read somewhere, maybe my mind constructed it, but I believe people that have regular orgasms like live longer. It's good for your heart. I'm sure if you Google it, you can find something like that to back that up. And if not, um, I don't know, let's start a study. <laughs> 
yeah, uh, that is this episode. I don't want them to be too long because who wants to listen to a super long podcast episode? Um, again, the book is called Women's Anatomy of Arousal. It's by Sherry Winston. Um, I also run a workshop on this that's way more in-depth and involved and talks more about um, the hormonal aspect of arousal. And when the pandemic is done, I hope to bring that uh, workshop back because it was really good last time. Um, we had a bunch of different people and a bunch of different um, orgasm and orgasmers, uh, I guess, people that had different orgasms. We had a bunch of different um, sexual orientations. Um, it's a really, really cool workshop. So um, it always has a different name because a lot of times studios don't want to call it the orgasm or the yoga of, of orgasm workshop uh, because, you know, we do live in the South and we're not that kind of studio. Um, so look out for it. I'll probably post about that. And if you have any questions, um, about this podcast, or especially if you have any, um, comments, I have been loving, you guys are just constantly messaging me about the podcast and it feels so good to know that someone is listening and getting something from it. So if you listened and got something from this, um, if you have a funny anecdote that you'd like to share, please do. Um, I wish you many orgasms, uh, many different types of orgasms, many different intensities of orgasms, and just many orgasms. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Have a really awesome day and bye y'all.